need connection, accountability, support as you explore the next level version of you, give yourself a real gift this year, the gift of time. The Warrior Women Mastermind is starting again in January, a curated group of six amazing women in a safe, collaborative setting. Think you don't have enough time? The money? Wrong. Ask yourself if you're worth three hours a month and $25 a day. The biggest discovery some of the women who sign up for my mastermind figure out is they have so much in common with other women and that they have traded their worth for a to-do list. Set up your interview call with me by going to lizswadek.com. That's L-I-Z-S-V-A-T-E-K.com. Space is limited and will sell out fast. Don't miss this opportunity to put yourself first. Women aren't born warriors. We become them. And the road to becoming a warrior is bumpy as hell. Each week, I'm interviewing women who, through tragedy and triumph, are leaping for greatness. Get ready to unleash your inner warrior. I'm Liz Swadek, and this is Conversations with Warrior Women. Hello, warriors. We've talked on this podcast about the educational system and why it's lacking when it comes to serving the needs of kids these days. In episode number 88, The Kids Are Not Okay with Dana Kaplan, it really, really spoke to you because it is currently ranked number three in our most popular podcasts of all time. We even did a follow-up, The Kids Are Not Okay 2, episode 103, where we talk about the paradigm shift that needs to happen with parents and teachers. My guest today is weighing in on where the kids are today from the perspective of a speech and language pathologist who helps kids find their voice. It wasn't just the communication and the grades that were the problem, she realized, but the mindsets, the labels, and the limits that teachers and parents are putting on these kids. She realized that kids and teens and young adults needed accountability, but parents needed support as well. A full circle approach that led to a huge success. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast so you don't miss an episode and share it with somebody who needs to hear it today. I'm grateful that you're listening and I want you to know that you are not alone. We're in this together, Warrior. Let's get into it. But first, All right, Carrie Murray is back with the Bra Network. Carrie, I heard you have some news for us. Last time you came on and we talked about the Bra Network, this time you're expanding? What's going on? Huge, exciting news. We're growing, we're getting bigger. We have new members coming in from all over the country. So now we're getting back to having in-person events and they're coming to a city near you. We've got them in Houston, Austin, Boston, Portland, Ventura, Orange County, San Diego. We're coming for you. Oh my God, that's so exciting. So you can live anywhere. I love this. So Carrie, what do you think it is about Bra Network that makes it so special? Well, why don't I ask you? You've been a huge cheerleader for me, a huge champion for the women of this network. What do you like about Bra Network? 
Oh my gosh, Carrie. Well, if I mean, put me on the spot, why don't you? But I will say that I love the collaborative nature of everything BRA stands for. Whether we're hiring each other, whether we're going to events together, we're referring clients to each other. It's just a good feeling to collaborate and be in the space with some dynamic women. We can learn about money. We can learn about business. We can learn about LinkedIn, but we also can learn about spirituality or we can learn about self-care. So you really have something for everyone. I think it's really one of the best networking groups out there, which is why, you know, I'm your biggest fan. Why? Thank you. (laughs) So everybody needs to join the bra network. Join now because the prices are increasing and it's coming to a city near you. So let's go. Warrior two. Where do they go, Carrie? How do they join? Good question. Bra-network.com and use that code warrior two for 20% off. Hello, everyone. Today on the show, Layla Salmons. Layla is a speech and language pathologist and mindset coach. She is the owner of Therapy Connections, celebrating 20 years in the business in October, a pediatric therapy clinic in Houston, Texas. Layla believes in looking at the child as a whole and utilizing the child's strengths to improve their weaknesses. Her team approach for maximizing progress in the therapy room incorporates yoga and mindset work at the clinic with her staff, parents, and clients. Welcome to the show, Layla. Hello, how are you? (laughs) I mean, I love your little face. Layla, everyone, came to this podcast looking kind of like a mom, (laughs) sick kids at home. And I said, sorry to forget to tell you, Layla, but we are videoing this. And she was, I said, can, are you one of those people who can whip it together in 10 minutes and look cute? She goes, I am. She looks Like she spent three freaking hours on her hair and makeup. Like her hair, you'll see it. Her hair is looking so beautiful. I'm like, how did you just do that? That is amazing. So seriously, that's that's what a mom can do, right? Like we have this special talent. (laughs) I was like hair in a bun, sweatpants. We are super women. This is happening. I'm so excited. (laughs) Okay. So Layla, we know each other. We took a, a similar certification. We were in a certification together for some mindset work, which we both love called mind magic. Tell me a little bit about your growing up. Was there anything that would lead to the work you're doing now? Ah, I love that question. So, and I love you, Liz. I love you right back. Thank you for having me. So let's see, you know, when I was thinking about speech pathology and how I got into it, I would have never thought this about why I love doing what I'm doing. But I do remember as a child, not feeling like I had a voice and how passionate we are at the office about your voice matters. Your child's voice matters. So I can honestly say that maybe that's kind of how all of this (laughs) came to be. (laughs) Yeah. And why do you think you felt that way? Like, what would you say if you had to come up with like a scenario or a reason why, why do you think that was? you know, our parents were busy and I'm one of three girls and they always worked. They always worked, you know, two jobs at times. Um, And it was like, there really was not a lot of time to stop and connect with us at the end of the day or in the morning. I always felt like there was a busyness around the house. So yeah, maybe that had something to, to do with that. Well, I mean, which is even sadder because you think about how much busier we are now in this world and all the other distractions. Like we didn't even have cell phones then. We didn't even have, 
you know, like some of the things we have now, you know, right? Like when I was growing up, there was no internet. Like what were people doing? They were watching movies and going to freaking, you know, go rent a movie. You're going to Blockbuster with your family. Your whole family would go together to Blockbuster to rent a movie. So it is really scary in a way because we've only gotten busier. So that whole your child's voice matters is even more true now. Right. Yeah, I I totally see that, especially with everything going on in the world right now. And, um, you know, I mean, just the economy and, you know, what's happening there and how that's, you know, causing extra stress for some people and, and, you know, for, for everybody, everybody's being impacted in some way or another. So definitely now I can see how it, you know, what these kids are saying is, you know, stop, just be with me. Stop, just hear me. Listen, listen. I want to just share. Um, you know, in the therapy room, I get to be with children one-on-one and that's 30 minutes of we're just talking, we're just being, we're playing, I'm teaching, they're learning, but it's a very one-on-one environment situation where we are present with each other. And that's the word we're unpresent. And I see the difference because I struggle with it in my everyday life, you know, and I wanted to share how yesterday, so yes, I have the twins are home today. They're homesick. They've had high fevers and they're five years old. And yesterday I had to cancel lots of therapy and I struggled to sit down and just play Candyland with Jessa, with my daughter. And, and I was like, why is this so hard for me to do at home? I do it every day with other people's children. And so I get confronted with that. All she wanted was, mom, will you play with me? So that was interesting to see just yesterday. (laughs) Yeah. I want to go back to when you were growing up because you had told me um, as a young adult, you really learned about trauma from watching your father um, and what he had been through. And I know trauma is a really important part also of what your work is with these kids. Like sometimes when they have speech and language you know, they also have some trauma and things going on. So tell me, what did you learn about your dad as a young adult? And how did that kind of inform you about like how trauma affects people? So definitely he always shared the story with us growing up about how he watched his father drown. My my father, my dad was 11 years old and he watched his father drown in this great flood that happened in South Texas. And so we always knew the story, always knew the story. And, you know, he was teaching us lessons through the story, but there was always a lot of pain when he would share this story. And, you know, I say always, but it wasn't probably until we were like in our teens when he started to open up more and more about it. And then as a young adult starting to piece together, like, and realize how this trauma impacted him as an adult and, you know, just how he self-sabotaged at times how he made poor choices, you know, and I don't, you know, I don't really understand like why, like what his inner self-talk was that had him do the self-sabotaging behavior. But I can only imagine it might be something like, you know, I'm not worthy or, you know, this is a, this is a young boy who lost his father and didn't have a father figure in his life at a very young age and had to step it up and be the man of the house. Literally his mom looked at him that day, his dad died and said, you know, you're the man now. He was 11. So kind of piecing it together and, and seeing my, my dad as a human being for the first time in my, uh, you know, tw- young, tw- in my twenties, I started to realize how important it is to understand trauma because we all have it at some level. And that, that is what has us take actions in our life. Sometimes. What kind of sabotaging was he doing that you were seeing? There was infidelity. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that would make sense, right? Like, and what's amazing is that your 20 year old something mind could actually hold space for him because a lot of people would be like, screw you. Like, what are you doing? Right. Like the fact that right. you made that connection is amazing. Right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And and I think that's when I really saw, started to see my parents as human beings. Yeah. Yeah. Which is hard because some people who are 50 years old that I'm coaching right now, Layla, still can't see their parents as human beings. So (laughs) because you want to judge them. Yeah. You want to judge them. You want to blame them. But really, I mean, the truth is that our parents gave us the max of what they had. There is, they gave us everything. They weren't withholding. They just didn't have it. And when you know that in your soul, you are free, (laughs) you know, then you're not carrying around the weight of infidelity or whatever they did. Right. And you can love them unconditionally. Absolutely. So tell me, how did watching your dad kind of acting out this trauma through infidelity? I'm curious, like, did that affect you with like men? Like, you know, if you're watching your dad do this, even though you know it's because of trauma and you're being unconditionally loving terms, but he's still, you know, cheating. How did it affect your relationship with men after that? It was a trust issue. There was a trust issue there. (laughs) So yeah, so definitely work around that. I'm blessed that I have a husband that supports me in that and knows that. And I can be honest and open and vulnerable with him. And he and I can work through those conversations together without him being defensive, right? Yes, that's so amazing. I mean, obviously you've told him the whole story, so he knows. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, he he knows me. Yeah, he knows you. Tell me about your programs. Tell me about the Fierce and Five program, the Empowered Parenting Program, and Accelerate. And why did you create these programs? What was the need there? So the need was post-COVID is when there was a big need where for my 18 to 25-year-olds, that was the first thing that emerged. Um, I had maybe done speech therapy with these kids when they were younger. And all of a sudden, I was having these families reach back out to me, Layla, we don't know where else to go. They don't need speech therapy anymore. These are uh, these are young adults who are either in college or starting their careers, and they're and the parents are, are saying we need something, but we don't know what it is. And that's when I had started the uh, mind magic work with Tracy Lit at the Lit Factor. So that's when I started to apply mind the work of mind magic in this fierce and fab program for the 18 to 25 year olds because here's this natural progression of life they're in college they're building their futures they're having you know they're starting it's a fresh beginning and everything comes to a halt and these are already children who had to struggle with organizing problem solving um, motivation because of diagnoses like adhd or a language uh, deficit um, dyslexia and so then it was like, here they are, they're back at home with their parents. And now how do we get them going again? And so that's where Fierce and Fab came in. Um, so I, I was incredible to work with some of the kids who I was teaching, you know, at the age of seven, five, two yeah, years. That's incredible. That's incredible. So what, so what does the program entail in terms of like, what are these, what did you figure out that these kids actually really needed? Like the parents were coming to you and they were like, oh my God, I don't know. I I trust you from back in the day when I, I mean, I could see myself doing this, by the way, I'd be like, I loved her. I loved Layla. I'm just going to ask her. She knows, you know? So what, what was it that you realized that they actually needed? They were needing the mindset. They were being stopped by their thoughts and they needed support in building a structure 
for the to help them in regards to problem solving, organization, and taking actions and accountability. They needed somebody to help them, like, you know, who wasn't going to be, you know, as parents, I know I have a 17 year old and I was like nagging her this morning. Hey, which National Charity League meeting are you going to this month? You know, and she's like, Mom, chill. And so, you know, sometimes when it's your kid, it's, it's you know, they're not they don't receive it the same way as somebody else. And and these kids already trusted me. Right. So we did have a really good foundation. That's amazing. Okay. And tell me about your other program. So the other one, that's Fierce and Fab. And then you have Empowered Parenting Program. What was, how did that, how did that, how is that born? So I'm working with the the young adults and I'm like, okay, wait a minute. If we can, if we can um, give the parents some workshops to support their kids, then we can kind of have the whole, we can have the whole family in working together, supporting each other. And that's when Empowered, uh, Empowered Parenting came in with the different workshops. Yeah. So, I mean, that's a fascinating, I mean, this, first of all, two things. I love how you have pivoted your business based on people coming to you and saying, I need this. And you're, and you know, rather than just saying, Oh God, I don't have anything or what do I do or blah, blah, blah. You're like, okay, does this align? Does this align with me? Because you can't do things that are just not aligned at all. Right. Like it would be weird if they came to you for something that you just had no, I, you were like, I, that's not my zone that I'm not, or I'm not even passionate about that, but it actually, they came to, they came into your new zone, your mindset work so that you pivoted out into that. Um, so I love that. I love that you pivoted your business that way and you're expanding and growing, uh, and holding space for different, for different people. But it is an interesting concept because, you know, you can work with a child. Like we talked about earlier in the podcast, you can work with a child all day, but these parents can unring the bell, Layla. So what, what, what in this program, what are you kind of empowering these parents with? Like, what, what are you, are you, is it the mindset for them too? So it does, it has them thinking about their language with their children. And it's not that they're unringing the bell on purpose, right? Like they are using an old paradigm. And that's just how we were raised. That's how I was raised. And that's how they were raised. And, and it's okay. And now I feel like we have tools to share with our younger generations coming through to really make a difference for them on how they approach and tackle their lives and their goals and their dreams. Um, so, you know, with these parents, it's more like teaching them there's a growth mindset and there's a fixed mindset. So like there's actually a choice. And we get to use a growth mindset to help our kids move forward and, and do what, and, you know, have them do whatever it is that they're desiring to do. Yeah. I think this is what's the hard thing about parents, Layla, <laughs> is that we were all raised certain ways, right? We were raised with these like, kind of like push through, you yeah. know, it doesn't matter how it feels, keep it going. Like, what are you like? You're What are you a wimp? Like, I remember my dad used to be like, what are you a wimp? And I'd be like, I, I wanted to kind of be like, yes. <laughs> you know, I knew I wasn't, and I didn't want to be, but like, I kind of wanted to be like, yes, I am. Okay. Leave me alone. Um, but, but really like our parents really like kind of pushed us to kind of like, you know, quote unquote, put the big girl pants on, which is such, you know, patriarchal BS in my book. But I still, even though I am kind of coming into this growth mindset and I teach this stuff, I still find myself like with my daughter's sick. I'm like, well, you sure you shouldn't go to school? I mean, you've missed a couple of days. Like I'm sure. <laughs> and then if like the dog, like we talked about this, my friend Nikki and I, Nikki Sampson, who is actually going to come on the podcast uh, next year. 
uh, we were talking about how we're like, oh my God, your teacher gave you an extension. Like as if it's like, they gave her like a golden goose. We're like, um, isn't that normal? Like you give someone, like they're sick, you give them an extension. Like, it's just so funny. Like we just had such a different mindset, the way we were raised, the way our parents were raised, you know, we were raised to kind of really like kind of sacrifice and suffer. Like that's what we did. We suffered. We didn't think things should be easy. They were supposed to be hard. So that's hard for parents when you're over here going, and they can be whatever they want to be. And the parents are like, no, I want them to be successful and make money, you know? So it's, it's, it's hard. It's hard for us because we're, we still were raised pretty traditionally. Yep. Totally. Yeah. So do you and feel like you run against that, run up against that? I do. And, and it, that brings me to, cause you said earlier about how, I pivoted, but that was hard for me because I grew up like you're a speech pathologist. So like you do these things, stay in your lane. Yes. And you do them the way you were taught in school and this is what you do. And so pivoting into bringing the mindset into the work I'm currently doing with speech pathology was new paradigm right? It's not the old, like, nope, you're a speech pathologist. You only do speech therapy in this way, you know, that you were taught. So definitely, um, I would say there was like a lot of growth that happened for me to be able to do that period. hundred percent. You know, when women are growing our, our businesses, we put a lot of constriction on ourselves. We put a lot of rules and like, oh, we got to stay in our lane and we can't do it like this. And you can't have fun in your business and you can't play in your business. You can't try things because you might fail. So can you speak to that a little bit? Because I feel like you've been able to really, I don't know, kind of figure out like, what is my secret sauce and what do I want to be doing? And it's been hugely successful for you. So if I, when I say that to you, that women are kind of building business in constriction and I want the, and I'm over here coaching them in masterminds and stuff, you know, to be more free, what do you think was the, what was the kind of like aha moment for you that you were like, oh, oh, I get it. Like I can expand, I can do this. I believe it was, I remember thinking when I had the first parent, the first parent reach out to me and and truly they just needed support and they didn't know where to go. And I remember thinking initially in my head, uh, I was going to say, no, (laughs) I was going to say, no, I'm sorry. You know, I was like, no, you know, in my head, I'm like, I don't think I, you know, I don't think I could do that. Let me go do some research, see where I can send you. And I was already preparing that conversation. And literally as the thoughts were occurring, it, my body, it did not feel in alignment with, in alignment with who I was anymore. It just didn't feel right to say that because it wasn't the truth. And I was like, oh my gosh. So like the truth is I am really good at this mindset stuff. And I am an amazing speech pathologist. If I can bring those two things together for these families who need it, I can really make a difference for them. I can show them something new. And I think that was it. And I was like, ah, I can do this. I give myself permission to do this. That's amazing because if you think about it, if you, you know, we, I'm really also trying to like push women towards intuition and Mm -hmm. to trusting those gut, those gut checks, those, cause we do, we have a whole other system inside of our guts, a whole other brain inside of our guts. That's reacting all these like different things going on in our, in our stomachs. And if you had done what a lot of people do, which is ignore that, 
ignore that feeling. A lot of people get that feeling, that gut feeling like, ooh, that's not a good idea or ooh, I don't know if I can do it or ooh, or whatever it is. And then they just go, forget it. And they don't do it. So the fact that you were like, this doesn't feel right. So I'm going to check in with myself and figure out like, maybe I should do it is incredible. Thank you. It really is. Difference for me. And I was happier, right? It brings me happiness because I am being who I am. I'm being honest about who I am. Absolutely. And by the way, human beings are meant to go forward. We're meant to progress. When we're sitting there in our comfort zones and our in our slippers, not taking chances, not growing, not learning anything, we become depressed. Like we can't take that. We're like dogs. We want to be walked and we want to go forward, you know? So it's true. Like if you hadn't done that, right, it would be kind of denying your expansion and growth. And then you would have been like, oh, great. Like, I guess I just stay in my lane. Yeah. You say that it's labels and limits that parents and teachers are putting on kids that really inhibit their progress. So what labels and limits are parents and teachers laying on kids today? You know, what we're seeing is, and it's it's the parents, it's the teachers, it's, it's other professionals, speech pathologists, we do it too, where, you know, we're testing these kids and we're looking at their grades and we're, uh, you know, maybe giving them a diagnosis of dyslexia or ADHD, and then that's how they're being described. That's how they're being described in the classroom. That's how they're being described out with their friends socially. And then, you know, from that, let's say, you know, what I've seen in the therapy room is a child who's then saying, you know, maybe a child is diagnosed with dyslexia. Oh, I can't read. Well, as soon as their self-talk is, I can't read, then the work we're doing in the therapy room becomes very challenging because of that negative self-talk. To be able to do a side-by-side with a child, like really write down that thought, what do you mean I can't read? Yes, it's difficult. You do it differently, right? And then that bridge to, I am willing to learn how to read. I am willing to get better. Side-by-side is because nobody knows but us. So now you have to explain that. (laughs) So our side-by-side, our side-by-side is taking those negative thoughts, writing them down, and then replacing them with a positive thought. And literally changing that thought from I can't read to I am willing to to get better at reading opens up possibility for improvement and progress. Absolutely. So side by side, taking that negative and replacing it with a positive thought. So what are the labels that these teachers are teachers like what are they saying? Like, oh you're like what are they what are they telling these kids that's making them feel like they can't like you're not smart enough? Like what are they actually saying? You're not smart? Like you're what? I don't know what the teachers are actually saying to the kids. I can't really speak to that. I can say that I do see when there's a diagnosis, there is self-talk that's coming with that child in the therapy room. Once they start third, fourth, fifth grade is where it's starting. Yeah. And then by the time they're in middle school and high school, it's it's driving them. And that's where you see the self-confidence is going down. The behavior problems start to increase. I do know that, some of the kids come in saying, oh, you know, my dad's not good at math, so I'm not good at math. Or, um, you know, my mom says I'm not good at math. So like that I have heard. So, you know, and, and I feel like sometimes, yes, looking at a grade that's lower in a subject area sometimes categorizes the child as not being good in that area. When in fact, you know, they can make progress and can excel in areas that maybe they weren't doing well in, in the third grade, but maybe by the fifth or sixth grade, they're like rock stars at it. So 
I've, I've absolutely seen that transition also. Yeah. I think that's, what's hard too, as, as parents, we want to put them in a box because we want to know what's going on. Like, oh, you have ADHD, you're da, 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 da. But sometimes, you know, these diagnoses have a way of kind of making the kid feel like, oh, great. Now I'm different from anyone else and I'm stupid. You know, like they, they, you know, take some of that, you know? Yes. Oh, well, or if they don't get a good grade, which as we know, is not the only indicator (laughs) of how smart you are. It's in fact, a very small indication sometimes of how smart you actually are. Exactly really kind of messes with them because they're like, well, you just said I'm smart, but I'm getting like a D in math and I'm really, I'm trying, I'm really trying. So I think that is confusing for them. And, and maybe doing this side by side is a way to at least open their mind up to like, there's other possibilities for you. Like, it's not just about the grades, like all the things. Exactly. You know, and also with the ADHD sometimes it becomes, you know, children who have ADHD, they start to take those uh, limitations that have been put on them and they become excuses for not being able to do something. And it's really like their reason why they can't do certain things. And I mean, how, that's such a huge block. It's just a huge block because then they're not even in any kind of space to be able to try something new. Yeah. So how are you using like other modalities with these kids? Because, you know, um, I know you're obviously helping them with their speech and language, but how is the mindset piece coming in? How is the, how are you moving this yoga in? And I love that you have, you, you're bringing it in with the parents too, because it's one thing, Layla, <laughs> if you have these kids coming to you and if the parents have a completely different narrative, if the parents are not on exactly. board, it's almost like the work you're doing can only hold so long. Exactly. Yes. So I basically what we're doing is, and I've got, I have four interns right now. I have three and one just got hired on. So there's four now, but I talk to them on a weekly basis and we go over situation scenarios, you know, what's happening in therapy room. What are we going to do to prepare for this week? How did last week go? That sort of thing. So one of the things that I'm hearing is, oh, you know, so-and-so's mother came in. I'm not sure how to handle this because, you know, little Johnny's mom came in and said, oh, little Johnny's going to break all your toys. He breaks all your toys because we play with toys in therapy. And so for, you know, this therapist was, you know, had, well, poor little Johnny, she sees little Johnny's face. He's like, you know, uh, that's what, what I do. I break all the toys, right? He's like sad about that. And so at the end of the session, uh, the goal was what we worked on was the goal was for little Johnny to clean up all the toys and put them up and to show mom, mom, look. Little Johnny cleaned up all his toys and put them all up nicely for me. And so really focusing on that, right? Like showing how he can be different. And I think that's what we do in the therapy room is like we're showing the children how they can be different and to the parents reinforcing that with our behavior, our language. So Absolutely. Absolutely. But how do you use yoga and different, and like, what do you do? Do you have the the kids, like how is yoga helping them with going on? So the breath is very important with speech therapy, right? Like we need a good foundation. We need a good breath support. It needs to be uh, diaphragmatic breathing versus the clavicular. So we bring the breath in. So that's um, our yoga breathing. And then also I love one of my favorite things to incorporate with my kids who are anxious and, and nervous is like legs on the wall where you lay on your back and just pick your legs up and just kind of just calm and soothe them before we get started. Um, 
If it's a child who likes to wiggle a lot, move around a lot, we have lots of those. I, we have my yoga, my deck of yoga cards and we pick a card and we just go do something and do our stretch. And, you know, lots of upside down inverted positions are always good. So, yeah, so that's how I'm tying the yoga in. I love it. I love it. So we talked about earlier about how like the most important thing is really to let kids know that their voices matter. What do you think, you know, is the solution to that? How do we let kids know like their voices matter? I like to repeat what my kiddos are saying. So if, um, you know, one of my, my daughters is sharing something with me like, oh, mom, you know, today I was playing with Susie and we went down the slide. So I just repeat that. So you went down the slide with Susie? Right. Just to let her know that I hear what she said. And my girls already know I do that when I'm listening. (laughs) So they will actually, you know, my eldest, especially the 17 year, she's like, mom, you're not even listening. And I'm like, yeah, you're right. So I can't even pretend I'm listening to them (laughs) anymore because I'm not. They know your pattern now. Yeah. Yeah. They know my pattern. Um, But yeah. And, and, you know, like I said, I, I love all this mindset stuff and I'm, I'm digging into it because I myself, with my three girls feel like it helps me get through my days with more peace and ease versus the frustration and the annoyance. Um, you know, but even then it's so interesting how, you know, God, you know, God's funny. He plays funny tricks on you. Right. Because now I have one daughter, uh, she's five, one of the twins who, um, I said, fear is gone. Fear is gone. I said that earlier. <laughs> She says, because, you know, it's like, we're going to come from fear. I mean, we're not going to come from fear. We're going to come from love. And so here's mom going, fear is gone. And little Jessica goes, fear is here. Oh, yeah, of course. The opposite. The opposite. She's my little, you know, she's going to always challenge me. She's going to always be the one to question me, which is fine. I like we need that. Right. Also. Yeah. But I find I find it interesting how they all play their little their roles. Yeah. Yeah. So Layla, how did you find your voice as an adult? Cause you said when you were a kid, you didn't feel like you had, how did you actually find your voice? All right. So, um, I would say I married a man who has a very big, loud voice and lots of things to say about lots of things. And so I started to notice that I was kind of just going along instead of having my own voice. And it probably wasn't until the last five years, maybe I would use my voice in my marriage, but it wasn't until the last five years that I was brave enough to actually start to use my voice, um, more often with, uh, other professionals, with the parents that I work with, with, um, my family, my, you know, my sisters, my mom, my dad, my, my best friends, right? Like I was starting. And, and I think that it, it definitely, there's like, I'm trying to find that balance where, because now it's different, right? Like I noticed, like I, I seeked out friends and to surround myself with people who have very big, you know, a very big voice. Um, and so now that I have my bigger voice, (laughs) it's almost like, well, Layla's supposed to be the one Layla's role is the one where she just goes along with me where now I'm like not doing that. So it causes a little back and forth that didn't used to be there. And it can be a little uncomfortable at first, but I feel like at the end of the day, I'm trying to, I'm trying to find that balance and I'm saying 
I'm speaking my truth and, and I'm being heard. So, <laughs> so I love it's it. interesting. It's interesting. I love it. I think it's, you know, it always interesting who we choose as our, you know, as our partners. Like I, my husband is really funny. Now I'm the funny one. Okay. But we have a running joke in the family. We rate each other on how funny we are. And I am in last place every <laughs> single time. And people are like, no, Liz, you're so funny. I'm like, not in my house. These people have like superseded me. Like my husband is a riot. My son is hysterical. The zingers uh-huh. and things they come up with. I, I mean, they've like gone so far past me and I am the funny one. So like, it's the, I was the funniest one in my family, my whole entire life growing up. And now here I am in the last place. <laughs> you're, you're so funny. I don't believe that. I swear it's true. I'm not kidding. It shocks me. I'm like, I, I, wanna... swear, I swear I'm funny. I swear I am. But That's is, my thing. It is funny who we marry and like how yeah. we, yeah, it's interesting. Yes. Yeah. I love it. Okay. All right, Leila, we're on to the speed round. What does it mean to be a a woman? Mm, A warrior woman. I'm a warrior woman because I'm willing to do things differently. Ooh, what does that mean? I like that. (sighs) It means I, you know, um, I'll take speech pathology, for example. So it's supposed to look a certain way. And we went to school to be able to do speech therapy a certain way. And now I'm saying, oh, wait a minute. But if we incorporate yoga and if we incorporate mindset, we can really go further, faster and sustain results. So I I feel like that's one way. I love that. I love that. What is a mantra or quote you live by? I'm going to go with quote, all the world's a stage and all the men and women are merely players. So Shakespeare, it says so much. I feel like, and I would say like, one, we don't have to play the same role our entire life. We can reinvent ourselves. It also tells me, you know, not to take things seriously, just a performance, try again. And don't take things personal because other people are just playing their roles. I really like that. I love that. That's wonderful. That's a great way to think about things like that. What makes you feel unstoppable? Doing things I'm scared to do. (laughs) So when I am needing to take action and there's some fear in play and I can just drop in and go into my breathing and do that thing anyway. Maybe it's make a phone call. Maybe it's make an offer. Maybe it's do a Facebook live, whatever it is. When I actually take that action, regardless of the fear I'm feeling, I feel so amazing. <laughs> oh, I know exactly what you mean. It, you feel like you're like, I did that thing. And then you're like, yes. what else can I do? What else can, yes. I, what yes. else can I light on fire today? <laughs> what are you most proud of? I am most proud of my three girls because I was told I couldn't have them. And here we are. <laughs> yeah, what, yeah. What was that? Why were you told you couldn't have them? So I, so with Alexine, with the oldest, we, you know, got pregnant, I had her. And then after Alexine, um, just couldn't get pregnant again, did in vitro, did, you know, all of the artificial insemination, everything, blah, 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 nothing worked. And I had stage four endometriosis. They were ready to do a hysterectomy. And I was like in my early 30s, 30. I uh, just wasn't, my gut was like, yeah, no, I don't think I need to get a hysterectomy right now. I feel too young for that. Thank goodness that I didn't because then I was pleasantly surprised with another pregnancy and uh, I have my five-year-old twins. I mean, incredible, right? And way to listen to yourself, right? Because even though they were telling you that you were like, I don't think that's like the right move for me. So that's really amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> what keeps you going when you're feeling lost? Uh, 
my, my family, my husband, my husband, number one, my daughter, my 17 year old also, they just don't let me stay in that place of, I don't know, or I'm not sure. They really can whip me into shape pretty quickly <laughs> so it. that I have to move past it. I love it. I love it. What's exciting you the most right now? Right now, I'm excited that my daughter is going to start college next year. She's in, she's in her senior year. I'm excited because it's kind of like a new beginning for her. I feel like reaching 20 years of marriage with my husband, 20 years in business with the clinic. I'm feeling this like beginning for all of us. I feel like we're all playing big and we're just kind of creating what's next for the next 20 years. And that really excites me. That's so cool. That's so cool. It's cool to have that perspective of like, you're all on these like exciting journeys and you're all like at these new beginnings. That's a, that's so juicy. I love that. Well, thank you so much, Layla, for coming on today with sick kids. I, did, I even said, you want to reschedule? And you were like, I think I can do it. I know it's, it's hard because you don't want to reschedule. We found this time we want to do it, right? So the right. way you pulled it together, hair, makeup and sick kids, and you still did it. So I appreciate you so much. Okay. I have to say, so I'm a, I'm a rich Tired super, super, what was it? Superhero? Yeah, superwoman. Episode superwoman. I'm a retired superwoman, supermom. So I kind of had to pull that out of the bag. Yeah, you had to kind of go come back. You had to bring her back one day. I had to put that cape on for today. Just for one day. All right. Thank you for joining me today. And remember, everyone, to subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, or Spotify. And if you enjoyed the show, leave us a five star written review. And this is the Conversations with Warrior Women podcast with me, Liz Swadek. And remember, every woman has a story. You just need to ask her. Bye.